0: To the Music Addict Podcast, Uh, of course, uh, myself, uh, Tom McDonough, and my co-host, Mark Taylor. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I used to do that. Used to do that to all my co-hosts before. By the way, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, I always like putting him on the spot right there. Um, Ultimately, this show too. Our guest this week is Robert Ebach, who is a Grammy award-winning producer. Uh, We always try to throw some, I figure we'll throw a few different people in music, in different parts of the music industry in, and hey, why not go production? Um, And And
1: he's such a cool one, because not only is he a Grammy award, but he does a lot of remixes, right? Yes, he does a ton of remixes. I mean, talk about finding your niche. I mean, that's cool. I'm always telling people that there's a lot of ways to earn a living in this business. And, you know, when you're earning Grammys by doing remixes, that's outstanding. Yeah. And, and think look at Zed. Zed's done
0: so well doing some very similar uh with his songs with many, you know, picking lots of uh female vocalists. I did really well with doing that for quite a few years. Um it it, it seems to be a, a a niche that is production-wise um remixes is one, obviously most people and like yourself do uh, obviously studio uh, production. Um, and, of course, it, unfortunately, everyone hears about the people who do remixes and people like Zed who do, you know, songs. But in the production studio, most people don't know the names of the producers behind many of the favorite, you know, big uh, songs. That If it wasn't for them, the songs wouldn't have turned out the way they did. So uh, my hat's off to everybody in the uh, studio. I would, one thing, and I'll say this out loud, I wish I could see more of,
1: females in the studio. Yeah, that they're, they're unicorns. You really don't see very many of them, and it's a shame. Yeah, um, I, I know a couple of female engineers that are outstanding. I know some female writers that are outstanding. I don't know a lot of female producers, and my door is always open. I, I'd love to have more female producers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's a uh, wonderful island, Chicago. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Good. I always like to plant those things in there. Uh, so quick uh, overview of our last uh, you know month of uh, what we've been doing at Music Attic. Obviously, we had some pretty cool stuff going on there. Between the podcast and the newsletter, um, all our great uh, featured articles, uh, our spotlights that we do on artists. And obviously, we, uh, one of the things that we'll go forward and, and continually do is the recording studio songwriters, producers, uh, venues. Anybody out there who's got a venue, got a, a recording, anybody's got anything that's in something in music, or even all even public or the um, touring companies, um, anything to do with the music industry, get with us. We would love to do reviews on a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, go to the website at musicaddict.org. And, you know, send a message to us. We got a help desk there. We'll take a look and see if we can uh,
1: put it in process. Um of course yeah, it's so hard to but... find right it's so hard to find people in the industry that are really good at what they do. Everyone uh, will make a claim to be this, that, and the other. so we like to talk to people, kind of give them a chance, especially if they're not big names in the industry, give people a chance to know who you are, know what you do, learn about you, learn about your facility with the hopes that we can just draw attention to people who aren't just the big names.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Again, everyone should be uh be able to be featured at some point and for all the highlights. Every regardless if you're big or small, people deserve the accolades of, you know, being recognized for things they do because not always is everyone super famous. Doesn't mean you ain't good at what you do. <laughs> it certainly does not so when we were talking you know talking about how we were going to come through and this one we talked about obviously we you know we did a big article on the difference between executive producers and producers just for the short real quick we we did a very long version of and breaking that down but i'll give the quick synopsis executive producers obviously on any kind of track movies anything to that effect money make the people who are the money men or money women I just I couldn't shouldn't discriminate there. Yeah. Um, and the, the same people. thing is, yeah, and yeah, the money people. Yes. And the um, obviously the producers are the ones that do all the hard work in the engineering teams. Um, and one of the things you made a valid, valid point. And um, we were discussing that was the differences you you were saying, what has changed between producers and engineers and how that kind of blended more than it's been separated.
1: Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Cause you know, now, Tom. I'm not trying to age us, but back in the '80s, the engineer didn't do nearly as much producing as the engineers do now. Yeah. Often, when I have people come into the studio, they'll bring their own engineer, and the engineer's writing the track. He'll he'll produce it. He will add beats. He will do so much more than just engineering. That it's it, I I have a hard time just calling them engineers. You know, they're introducers. They do it yeah. both. You, <laughs> you know? can create a new
0: term for the industry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll I coin that. That really is. Yeah, that really is what they're doing. They're not just engineering. They're not just producing. They're It's kind of this new hybrid. And it, it's it's cool to see. Um, you know, I'm old school, so I, I kind of like when there were more ears. But this new way of doing it, everybody just comes in and the engineer wears way more hats. You know, they're engineering, they're vocal producing, they're producing the beat. And it's it's amazing how far the engineer seat has moved.
0: Now, yeah, which is and it is it is so interesting to see how that's evolved along with how the music industry has evolved as music has evolved from from the 60s to today and how all of it has is, is come forth. And you're right, more even more artists are coming out, um, doing more production for themselves uh, less again with the age of you know, digital age of computers have changed the ability for more people to understand the concept of producing and engineering than playing an instrument. So it's interesting how that shift is gone. You're not going to,
1: you're not going to bait me into talking about the new musicians. You're not going <laughs> to bait me in, man. You're not going to, but I, I do find that I find more people who are, Who are skilled at programming than i find that are skilled at their instrument anymore this is not a better or worse but they they spend way more time working in fl studio than they spend working on a guitar or a keyboard or you know whatever their instrument was and that's fine but it's certainly different
0: and ai has obviously put a big interesting change in the last six months in um, all this spin, too, as well, um, AI can pretty much do anything you want it to do um, until they decide to put a, a restriction on that. Right now, it's it's growing exponentially fast. <laughs> um, Man, that's a whole show right there. Yeah, that's a whole. God. Yeah, so that's that's something we'll have to talk about in the future. We'll have to have a whole. Uh, actually, we'll get somebody who on who's an expert for AI just to discuss that alone. You know I'm a big fan of AI. Yes, you you and I both. um, Like I always say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. AI is our enemy because it could take all our jobs. (laughs) Could Uh, take probably we We just don't know yet. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know I don't even know if we're real, Tom. Yeah, we're we're in the digital. We you're right. We're in a simulation. <laughs> oh, we're
1: not going to open that rabbit hole either.
0: <laughs> so, um, obviously, with Ibak and his awesome, awesome—I've known him for years. Um, Robert's been very; he's very talented. Um, I always love to, um, to, you know, talk to a lot of people who have been very talented in the industry, especially behind the scenes. Um, again, most of every single great project had great people behind it. Um, and that's generally where, um, you know, I've spent a lot of my time talking to a lot of people behind the scenes because nothing can be done without them. So, uh, it's great to, uh, get to talk to a bunch of produce, you know, over the years, talk to a bunch of producers. I hope to get quite a few on the show as much as we have artists, as much as we have everything else. Um, and heck, it would be great to have a couple of people who own venues discussing the changes in since COVID. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some of them were struggling, but there, there are some ways of finding different routes and avenues to uh, stay afloat. Um, but, yes, I mean, uh, other than I will plug us one more time, um, Music Addict for consulting. Artists, anybody in the industry, we consult for just about everything. We just lowered our hourly consulting fee for, you know, one hour consult to $50 from a hundred. So nice, definitely, yeah, definitely check us out. Um, so uh, yeah, music I always like to, I know I'm plugging it too much today. Um, other than that, I, I think we've covered uh, quite a bit of what uh, where we're going in um, on the website. Uh, I cannot wait to see how this month's newsletter comes out. Um, I'm pointing it closer to the holiday uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, more Christmassy. I thought uh, the holiday was really cool. Um, Christmas is big. Thanksgiving was big. And Halloween, Halloween was big. And they all were at the end of the month. Funny how that goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the holidays are all at the beginning. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, I hope everyone uh, is, you know, enjoying us our podcast and definitely uh, keep listening, and give us your ideas. If you want to, someone on the show, uh, let us know. Uh, we have our Please. next, yeah, our next guest after this and show three is going to be uh, White Snakes guitarist. Uh, nice, yeah. So you know, I always like to, you know, Joe Holstra. Um, especially, I wanted him towards Christmas because he's in the Trans Siberian Orchestra as well. So, great. oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's such a great. Uh, that is a staple of Christmas. It In really is. So, without further ado, on to our interview. All right. See you on the other side. And I have an awesome guest this week, uh, Robert Ibach. You know, I always want to say they want to put the I silent and I have for years. Every time <laughs> I say it out loud, I always have to recorrect myself. I don't know of how many people do that to you, but the... Oh, I, my whole life.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 my I, my college... My college applications, I would get back. They're saying, Mr. Elbach or Mr. Like, this is like, you, you know, your yeah, college, like, you're your right. College, you... <laughs> so you have you know, you have an, you know, your title goes
0: a million ways. Remixer producer. Uh, you know, you got you've been Grammy nominated. You have actually you have won Grammys with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from early what 2014, you had one. With, yeah, so, so I've been. How many of you yeah, won,
2: actually? So I've been part of one, two, three winners. Um, as far as like being so, the Grammys are very interesting in how it works, and I think a lot of people get it really, um, confused. So certain categories do certain things and the, depending on the category, the winner might just be the artist, you know, or it might be the the producer, but, um, I've worked on records, contributed and produced songs on records and albums that have one. So three different ones. Um, the first one was, uh, Walter Kellerman and Ricky Keshe. They had um, a new age album called Winds of Samsara, that one. Then, um, I was part of, um, I did some remixes for Ariana Grande and her album Sweetener had one and, and uh so I was had contributed to that and um have I have like you know plaques for these and stuff and then um cool. Lucky Dia- Lucky Diaz and the Family Jam Band um won a Latin Grammy in twenty nineteen, which um I contributed to and then we, we had we've been doing things um together since twenty fifteen and then I you know formally really joined the group um, the last few years and, and have like actual like nominations under my, my belt, like with my name on, them, for the past couple of years. So, um, as far as like officially, um, in the Grammy books, uh, on the website and all that there's two. And then I've been part of, I'd say 15 win, uh, three wins and then, you know, maybe 15 nominations throughout there. Um, so it's been pretty, yeah, it's been a really, really amazing fun ride. Um, I know that was a really long explanation for how to get there, but sometimes it's really confusing because, um, you know, there's so many people that can contribute to a record. And the way that the Grammys kind of work it out is, is okay, these categories, these certain categories, the artist gets it, or the producer, and then the producer who did 51% of the record or the engineer that did, you know, and but then you have all these, like a, a hip-hop record or a rap album, can have you know 100 different writers and producers and all kinds he's of things a, on yeah, 150 it 150 plus on the average and some of those yeah. yeah and and everyone has contributed their work and everyone deserves that that uh, you know that recognition so i think that's why the grammys came up with their um their participation uh plaques and certificates that they give to all the people who are um Uh, have contributed to those albums in one way or another so yeah it's it's i mean it's amazing no matter what i mean it's really an amazing experience to be involved in 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 that process and and to be recognized for the work that we all do um it's just really it's humbling and it's and it feels like you know, when someone asks you, um, no, how does it feel? It's like, well, it feels kind of exactly how you think it's going to feel. I mean, it feels pretty (laughs) amazing. Like there's, there's like a wave of emotions that goes on with it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I try myself to give, you know, myself some time to kind of really, um, you know, take it all in and, 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 you know, appreciate what, what, went into that and also what it is, you know. So um so yeah I sorry sorry for the long you bring a
0: highlight to something. It takes a team to make mm-hmm. hit mo- most hits happen. Um I mean the best example is Taylor Swift has a huge team that makes Taylor Swift who she is, the music what it is, and how it goes. And 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 that model hasn't changed for eons. I mean, going back to Elvis, there was a huge team behind him that made him who he was. So it's the the model's been there. It's just, you're right, most average people who are fans or listeners don't know how much goes into the the behind-the-scenes work to make it's happened, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. You're, you're right. There should be. Thank God the Grammys did come out with the participation plaques because I think you're right. There's So many people are involved, regardless of it's a producer that was on something for three seconds to someone who worked on it. You know the whole three minutes, or you know the whole the whole section of it, or you know worked in the bridge or worked you know in the course or whatever the the, the dynamic dynamics of that type of work was into it. You're right. So many engineers and producers take to do things because not one person can make something just magical right exactly <laughs> you need them you still need the singer you need a
2: band you need <laughs> lawyers you need the producer the engineer songwriters uh, there's so many it's people a, it's, a, it's a whole thing i mean it's it's a it's very similar to watching a movie and, and you see at the end of it there's five to ten minutes of credits rolling every one of those people had like a pretty you know significant important role in into making that happen that's why their names are there you know that's why they're they're recognized for what they do
0: you mean it's not like wizard of oz and dorothy is the only character in it that anyone repeats <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it, it, which so you grew up in pennsylvania mm-hmm. i did what what new, when and i well so back in the 80s what music made you or 80s and early 90s what <laughs> drove you to want to go into music well, well, in
2: the eighties. I was very, very small, so, so I'm not very that's why I kind there. of dropped that back. Yeah, <laughs> but even so, like, like in the, um, you know, when I was going through uh, high school, and um, you know, in the in the late nineties and in early two thousands, when I was in college, it was, um, you know, I, I had always done bands with my friends and, and had really. Um, you know, been interested in music and recording music and never really thought of it as a career. You know, I thought of it as, oh, this is fun. Like, like, you know, we're, we're doing things and, and, um, it's fun. And I actually went to, to, um, college for, um, biochemistry, you know, as so I wanted to be in the, a doctor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, but, um, you know and and i wanted to you know cure cancer and like do all those things and and when i got into that kind of a lab i was really bored it wasn't something that that i was really um i love it i really do love it and and you know i i'm, I'm that person that reads read the medical journals during covid and did all of that stuff but um but it wasn't something that was so passionate of mine that i really wanted to take it to you know being the the career for the rest of my life and i had friends that were i went to temple university in um in pennsylvania and um my uh my friends were in the film program and they you know one of my friends was like hey hey, you know in in this department there's a music production thing and i i uh, music production degree um it was really called broadcasting telecommunications and mass media, but there was a focus on music production in there. And I, you know, within an hour I was in our, um, in my advisor's office switching my major and getting all the things signed over. I was like, I'm, I'm switching it. Like this is really, um, and, uh, and I never really, I guess, you know, I never turned back. It was, I, I was just one of the best decisions I ever made in my life was, was doing that. And, and, um, you know, it was really uh, Temple University is known as uh, they have a really great um, media, you know, school there and one of the best in the country. And, um, you know, so I, I got a really good education on it. And um, beyond that, um, you know, I had a, an internship that turned into um, me being an engineer at a studio in Philadelphia called Third Story Recording well yeah i just got you know, a legendary studio out there had Very. Uh, you know ray charles recorded you know all kinds of legends and um and really got a lot of i learned a lot being hands-on you know as far as how to how to produce i and even having all that information that i had in philadelphia it was when i moved to la it was more like it was like starting from scratch almost and um I had, uh, when I was in Philadelphia, I talked with a producer named Swiss beats. Uh, we were doing a yeah. session together and he pretty much said that to me. He's like, when you move out to LA, like you're, you're gonna, it's, it's, you just be prepared to start from scratch kind of. And, um, and I did, like I took that advice and, and, and I often when when people ask me, what's the advice that you can give? It's like that. Like think you are not bigger than the room. Like that that's really the what it comes down to. Yeah. No matter yeah. how talented you are, there's there's gonna be someone that's that's more talented and, and learn from them. And and um when I got out to LA I had met David Longoria and um you know, he taught me so much about how to be a producer and how to work with artists and how to really, you know, get the most out of artists, because he had learned from Quincy Jones, who's like the, yeah. the greatest of all the time, right? World. So yeah, exactly. So it's just like, I, I'm very blessed to have the experiences that I had. And, and I just oftentimes just feel like, okay, this is like the path that I was supposed to take, because all these things, and it was very, very, I'm not going to say it was easy, because it really wasn't it was very hard. I mean, there's was, there was, there was struggle after struggle after struggle. But I definitely had some really great people in my life giving me great advice as to what to do and how to really, you know, survive it and get through it. And and I met some great collaborators and, and you know, I have Grammy nominations and part of Grammy winning records and number one records and all these things, you know, that are a result of that. So I, I you know, I really, you know, appreciate what everyone's done to, for me to like, give me the opportunities to really show what I can do. And, and, um, and also when I feel like I am re- really, really <laughs> humble me too, you know, so there's those things as well. So, um, you know, but it, it's, it's all an experience. It's all a journey. And really, it's, it's about, you know, giving it your all and, and sticking with it because really, you know, good things eventually do happen, you know? Yes, and it does, and I've known you a very long time. Matter of
0: fact, back yeah. into the WROM days. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so back in those days, um, you know, it's been a long time, and you were one of the, I have to admit, one of the most humble people I know out of all these things. You've got all these things, many accolades of what you've done, but yet you have been one of the most even-keeled, straight people, and yeah. probably very approachable out of, you know, compared to the, some, the industry's big, but it's, yeah, it's very big. Small. <laughs> Yeah. In a very small community at the same time. And, you know, you run into different types of, of people all throughout the walks of life. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you you get to meet people and they've been even killed no matter what. Like you said, you, you and have, I have the same philosophy of always on that. There's always someone bigger and better. Always. Mm-hmm. And it has always kept me grounded. I'm just, you know, I just do my thing and I do the best I can. And and if no one likes it, okay, whatever. I mean, it's you know, sometimes you have fun with certain things and some things work and some things don't work. (laughs) And it's it's just part of the 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 uh, alchemy process of putting it all together. I love
2: that. I love that word. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's and it really is that. You know. And the genres have changed
0: since we've, Mm -hmm. you know, since we've known each other, the genres have changed from the 2000s through now. I mean, it's, it is gone in in the 23 years of the 2000s. The, the music trend has changed. I mean, you got, Mm -hmm. you know, you got all that stuff from the pop changing into alternate, you know, rock. You've got uh, kind of, you know, you had Michelle Branch era. Then you started going Matchbox 20 and you got, you know, things kept changing, you know, um, uh, you know, hinder t- t- took off in the in the, that time period in the late, and you started changing all these different sounds. But ultimately, it's it hasn't a doma- I don't think changed dramatically because hip hop took off, um, yeah. which became a monster which in turn comes now to the term we use for everything from pop and and hip hop is now urban with country being mixed into urban. Sure. I'm not sure how that happened, but it did. But the only thing that did change was I think that classic rock and roll kind of got moved out of where it was because it has changed a bit. You got, you know, you got metal, you know, and something's changed after Metallica. And and so you got some of the changes in genres, but EDM picked up. Um, you know, EDM mm-hmm. was the 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 biggest festivals of the year are EDM festivals. But mm-hmm. yet, it is one genre that is not played on commercial radio. <laughs> um,
2: unless you unless you have someone that's yeah, yeah, I mean, unless like you can break through like someone like a Zed or a Tiesto yeah, or exactly, or, you know, yeah. But look what Zed
0: did. Zed was a genius. A God, complete genius. I, I love the guy and his, his work because he goes out and does exactly what I do. I would find the best female vocalist yeah. them um, in. I mean, well, the one with foxes. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. She goes and finds yeah. her off. No one in the United States at the time really knew who she was. She comes storming in and 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 her unique vocals took that song to a whole new level. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've got all these different things and the way it goes. How hard has it been as a producer over these years to maintain the changes and stick with the times? Because you and I both know nothing stays the same. Every two years, everything changes. If not every six months, the sound starts to change. How hard is it on the production side to maintain that same quality from the people walking it off the street and those in the industry?
2: tough tough maintaining the quality is isn't is you know i always want to strive to better the the previous record that i did like personally and i think you know maintaining that quality i always have like i need to have whether something wins or gets nominated for a grammy i want to have it at that level of quality every time i put something out as far as like um the where the ego comes into when i first start when i first moved out to la i was like i'm only working with bands and i'm into this indie rock thing and and i love these groups and death cat for cutie and like all these groups like weezer (laughs) like like that's my thing and that's what i want to do and then you kind of like pigeonhole yourself a little bit, right? You, you know, and the music that I listen to, and I, I tell people this all the time the um the music that I listen to isn't necessarily always the music that i that I make you know when i when I listen to well when I'm working on a record, if I'm working with a country artist or or a dance artist or a rock artist, I'll listen or a blues artist, I'll like really invest myself into that. Genre to to really get all the details right, but as far as a consumer, I've really broadened my spectrum, and I'll I'll listen to e- anything and everything, whatever you know, like any anybody, you know, whatever my my mood fits. But as far as like a human on the human level you know, when I, when I realized that I need to expand my horizon and work with different artists and David, uh, you know, David Longoria was, was someone who's like, you really need to start like, you know, opening, widening your horizons because a, you, you know, that's how you eat is you, you you, you have to work with different people to, to make some money, but also it's you, if you look at things as 12 notes and not like it's so much these particular like things, there's it's all the same 12 notes. Yeah. You know, it's just, they're just put in a different order and in a different way and in a, a different style to ma- to whatever these, these things are. And then also you have to look at it as, as far as uh, from a producer standpoint. Now, when I make my own music and it's a different. I have a different concept than when I'm producing for someone else, because if I'm producing for, for a vocalist say, and and it's a pop vocalist, I have to really think in that in the terms of that artist i can't think in the terms of me I have to because they're the one who's going to have to sing that song the rest of their life, you know especially if it 's a big hit hopefully you know and I think that when I look at things that way and it's you know it 's not about me it's about the artist it's about the music it's i approached I started approaching things so differently as a producer and and it really opened up so many more you know creative flows in the way that i work and how i work and and what i do and it really i took the limitations off and and i think you know those self-imposed limitations which which a lot of artists have and a lot of producers have tend to like put us in a box and we're only going to do this it's like well the industry is growing we were talking earlier you know before the interview about how you know streaming has taken over and and how it's so different you know when 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 um Hold on, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I don't have to. Um, hold on, hold on. Can we? Can we is it, are you able to edit? Or is it, hey, I can edit. This is nothing. Oh, okay, okay. It's sorry, easy. Let me. Just, <laughs> all easy to do. Just, um, hold on, one second. I just have to make take care of that really quick. I'm so no, sorry. Don't worry about it. I, um, this
0: is that's why I record these things. It makes it so easy to go in and edit stuff. Plus, I'm not using the video. I'm only using the. I only use the. I only use the audio. Video so is always just. just to Remember, we did them by phones before. Yeah. thought oh yeah. it was so hard because you always dropped on top of each other. You know when I did them with Bickler, it was so hard yeah. to try to do interviews by phone back in the day yeah. because everyone to trip over each other. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I apologize for that. Um. Uh. It, but anyway, where I was going um, before that is that. I think really it is. um, It comes down to taking the self limitations off and 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 going with the flow. You don't have to change who you are as an artist. You have to be true to who you are as an artist always. But look at the things that are changing and go with the the you know go with the times. You know, uh, like you know, with whether it's streaming, whether it's you know the guitars are in tune now where they used to not be, you know, (laughs) things like that. You know, I know that that's, that's the joke, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's being open to new horizons and and allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to to do those things, because that's where, you know, you can be more successful than if you're just like so rigid or so stubborn into what, what you want, want to be, because you might, Open yourself up to something like like doing EDM dance music. That's not something I necessarily saw myself doing, but I was like, wow, I actually really enjoy this. This is something that I really like. I I could feel super creative, especially doing remixes. You know, you can be really really creative and and do things that that I wasn't didn't know I was really capable of doing. And if I didn't allow myself to get to there. Um, I don't know if I'd ever been able to do that and, and have the successes that I had in that in that world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand it. Because EDM, like I said, EDM has a
0: cult following, 100% cult following that those, the, like I said, the biggest festivals every year have been for historically for at least 10, 15 years have been mm-hmm. EDM festivals. And Detroit has one of the biggest ones every year. Yeah. And I've gone, I've gone several years in a row. And I'll tell you what, it's the most energy- uh, the most togetherness people, there's no fights. There's, It is yeah. all quite a, a, an interesting, very unique experience in music. It's yeah. different stages that I think that um, bring people together. Like I've always said music speaks volumes.
2: Yeah. And they have like EDM, you know, the dance world has the, that term, plural, right? Like, it's yeah. you know, the, the, you know, togetherness, peace, love, understanding, you know, like, like really, um, you know, people are there to really enjoy the music. And I think even still, like, even rock shows or, or, or things like that, there's, there's, there's a camaraderie that we all have yeah. in, when it comes to art and music and stuff like that. And, and I think that – I do think, though, the definitely over the past 10 years or so that people have really seen a lot of cross-genre. Things yeah. going on, and I think yeah. a lot of people are fans of artists like Taylor Swift, who wouldn't have been fans of Taylor before, or or even you know someone like like um you know a, a Metallica or or even a Zed or or someone like they there's there's a lot of you know cross pollination <laughs> there mm-hmm. with the way that that music is, and and I think that that's that's amazing for the industry. I, I think that uh, that there's going to be so many more. You know, interesting collaborations as as the years go on, because people aren't afraid to do it anymore. You know, and I think that that you know, and and audiences are very accepting of it. You know, and and that's obviously you're going to have your pure your purists here and there, but as far as like the you know the the cross section of Amer- of you know listeners America or you know the world, you know, there's definitely a lot of you know similarities as far as what people's, you know, tastes can go in in different things like that. Yeah, exactly. Now moving into DOS,
0: I mean, you got Pro Tools has been the king for years because most of everybody in most studios pretty much built their studio around Pro Tools because it was king for so many years. There's been some changes of it. What is your favorite one to use?
2: Uh, I love Digital Performer. Um, it's it's one of the ones that I actually, yeah, yeah, I actually learned on that. I love reason. Um, uh, they, they have been really amazing in sponsoring me. Um, uh, you know, and propeller head is a great company. Um, you know, so, so both of those and they work really, really well together and they both have, you know, very interesting, you know, things about how they, how they, um, do how they work and in what in what they do and um now that i said that i, I don't know if i should <laughs> 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 this a lot of editing there you yeah. <laughs> no, want to take that out uh, but, uh, um you, you know uh, who cares uh, yeah. <laughs> um no no but, but but um i think i think the, the you know the thing with jaws are is that it's very interesting, you know how how I guess pro Tools is always going to be the industry standard you know for for every studio that's how people learn that's what they teach in school yeah um but you know I know so many people who use logic, I know so many Logic's, people who use like y- yeah', yeah digital or 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 reason or um or um you know or you know, what's, what's some other Cubase or yeah. Fruity Loops or, or um, Ableton. Like people love Ableton because you Fruity can do Loops so many is, live
0: things. Fruity Loops is the biggest thing in Europe. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but it is. It's, a, yeah. it's their because number it's one Because it's
2: really, it, it's so user-friendly to do dance music on it. And, yeah. and like EDM in and, and Europe has so much, Dance and EDM, you know that yeah, style Germany's of music. <laughs> that, it's just made for it, and the same thing with Ableton. Like some of these softwares are made for the for producers who are essentially producing on the go or, or producing, yep. you know, in in their their home studio situations or or whatever, where where they're making that style of music. So th- those companies were, and reasons one of them as well, where they really have have notice that and they know what their what their clientele is so they're really going to um you know cater to that you know you know what i mean and um yeah. you know and and i think that when one software comes up with something whether it be you know time stretching or or have a built-in you know um melodyne or tunes thing or or their oh, built-in plugins are are really you know really powerful the next ones they are like okay you're doing that i'm going to do this and and um so i think really really when it comes down to software i do think it comes down to a more of a personal preference because a lot of them are inter- interchangeable integrated now and i and it's almost where what you learn on is what you kind of stick with. I think it where seems a lot to of be the thing. Like
0: yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we have, we use them all pretty much all of them at the, the studio all the time. And it's like, you're constantly, you know, interchanging stuff in between because you, most of your artists are bringing you tracks or their vocals and we don't know what they're using. So it was yeah. best off. You know, I'm sure you run into this all the time. If someone brings you vocal tracks from somewhere to play, you know, in into the studio and you're like, well, you're trying to get the, the software they have to be able to convert, you know, so we're trying to use the different things and, and trying to, to be able to be, you know, set up, yeah. you're able to cater to them. So you didn't turn them, you know, turn them away. But it's amazing how many people nowadays are thinking that their home studios are better than actual yeah. studios because it's, it's, it's there's, there's a big difference still in sound quality, even though there's yeah. some people go out and spend the money, but unless you've got a room that's got, you know, the correct the, the yeah. dimensions, the, the different the angles, the yeah. floating, yeah. The, yeah. all the stuff. <laughs> and it's very tough, but there is some, I've heard some pretty good stuff from home studios and that have come in and, you know, you'll be able to do things. Now, of course, you don't, in the old days back where the whole band has to come into the to studio and cut cut these, you know, the, cut the record. Nowadays, it's, it's things are changing and you don't need everybody in the studio to do it, let alone, yeah. way, which we were discussing beforehand, AI is changing the field dramatically for way things are being done and at a fast pace. I mean, AI is in the last, since January has introduced so much that it. I don't know where the next six months are going to go with it because, you know, you pretty much don't need anything. You can have AI create the whole track and you can copyright it from the AI and which is kind of, kind of,
2: Scary, exciting, and scary at the same time. It, it is, but I think when, when it comes with this, here is my thought on AI too: is that it's an amazing technology, but but it's not. But it's only taking things that have already been done and recreating exactly. no creativity. Where whereas when you have a human element added to it, it's you know we we are very unique in the sense that we each each of us have. A, one thing that's completely different than everybody else and that's our brain like our mind is so different i think way differently than you do you think differently than than you know the the people that you were like like we have so much we come from all these different places on that there's nothing that would ever it could come close but i just don't feel like it can ever recreate that that you know passion Emotion. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the we're, passion, we're, the emotion and, and just the, um, you know, the the vulnerability of, of where someone is in a, in a moment and, and those things that we really relate to. You know, I, I you know, that's just my thought. I think I think it works for so many things, but I think it, there's always going to be a limitation to what it can do. I agree. I I I honestly
0: believe it. will it will fizzle out before it gets too much traction because I think you're right. There's there's that missing element of uniqueness, individuality, and the emotion because mm-hmm. everybody puts into the music the, between the vocalists, and the players, and you said it best with the, the you know the the unique things that happen, how they play the moment. Uh, I think that was probably the best mm-hmm. thing. Probably the best thing word to say that in the moment what people do and sometimes Mm. some of the wrong things you do in a session the most yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) Exactly. and and those those things can specify what if a song will become a hit or not a hit i mean Mm. we all know the hook makes you come back i mean blues trevor made that quite evident that the hook will always make you come back but i think that the sound is what I mean, the vocals, not many people. I'm one of the few people who probably listen to lyrics. Mm. Most people don't. They listen for the beat and how they can. I don't know.
2: I, 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 I think that what's interesting, and, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but right. I, I think that people, a lot of people listen differently because I could talk to to you know, a female, and and they will know the lyrics, like like of every Taylor Swift song that's ever been written. written you know, it's a really good example. Um, and I think that that I, I honestly feel like like it comes down to the person. You know what I mean? I think the person. You know, I, I I I get what you're saying. I think a lot of people are moved by the beat. I think you know sometimes that's what catches someone onto a song, and and. But I do think that the lyrics really touch people. And I think that, you know, with music, you know, it's communication, you know, yeah. it, it's something that, that, you know, every songwriter looks at it, like, how am I communicating my story, you know? And I think with, with, um, you know, someone who writes a heartbreak song, they could they could look at it and, and there's been millions of heartbreak songs that have been written. But there's certain words and certain ways at this point, and there's certain, and each person gets their own. If it's a really good song, someone can really take their own meaning from what that is. You know what I mean? Or, um, yeah, one you sentence can drive them into Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that, um, you know, I think that's amazing that you bring up like reading lyrics because I do think that that's, that's such an important. Thing and I think that's an important thing because I do feel like there oftentimes are artists out there that feel like, well, no one really listens to the lyrics, you know. So I'll just, you know, I'll say something, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, and it's, you know. But at the same time, is that that can be art too? <laughs> so, so um, there's you know, so many so songs subjective. out there that's it's been it's like so
0: the sub- "Cuckoo, Cuckoo." I mean, no one yeah. knew like that meant at the whole for all yeah. this time until you know until they've sort of yeah,
2: yeah. It. yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, there is a lot a lot being said of like of like hearing and I think going back to what you said, I do feel like listening to the you know that beat when sometimes if the beat kicks in, you know what Michael Jackson's like a great example, right? Like like when those beat when the beat comes in it's like it grabs you, so it has to be catchy too, you know. But I do feel like you don't want that letdown when those words come in. Yeah, you know that's that's. That's a, you know the and the greatest the greatest songs are the ones that we really all relate to not not they're all always you know super melodic but I think lyrically we can all relate to them in one way or another or at least put ourselves in that in that I was listening to Stevie Wonder the other day and he has a song called Living for the City right yeah. Um, and, um, and it's a song about a young man who's, who moves to the city and is the young black man and and just the struggles of the seventies of of what he had is, was going through and that, that, you know, I personally would never have that experience, but if Stevie didn't write that song, I would never really maybe not know that experience, you know? So it's like, these are things that, that are, um, I guess I'm like you. I listen to the lyric, <laughs> but um, but it's really you know, like it gets you thinking a certain way, and 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 people really um, you know gravitate towards towards really great storytelling, you know. And I think that's what really great songs can do. Well, Harry Chapman, uh, he had such a, yeah, such yeah, a great yeah, storytelling yeah. thing,
0: um, you know, back in the '70s. You know, I'm driving backwards a little bit, but look at his storytelling and all his music was based off of these stories. That you know, there were some, kind of sometimes hard luck stories, but they were very unique stories. I mean, it, you know, getting high in this taxi cab was it, it was it was you know flying high in this taxi cab. It was it would, but the story you you've you've got a beginning and an ending and and a complete story all in his music and, and all the times. And you know some of the best storytellers have been some of the best music. I mean, Michael Jackson did an extremely good job at, at, at his music, in that I mean, mm-hmm. look at Thriller; it's still on, on top of the world for most of the way. Uh, Madonna did that so well in her first couple albums, and then of course she went to more of a um, you know a dance music now with because of who's who and where she's at in in the London scene. But most people outside of the music scene in that scene don't would not know this, but introduced when it was introduced to the U S it was, it seemed different, but it was a huge hit in, in the yeah. music scene. So you get all these people who have, you know, and look at her and her transition and through her storytelling, um, you know, Taylor Swift's obviously the phenomenal storyteller in her music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're never going to get back together. You know, again, it's such <laughs> a great song. And it has that had a beginning and an ending. Yeah, <laughs> and, sure and, did. <laughs> and again, it, had, it, had, it was a and a very ending. And um but it had such great um vibes in the fact that it could draw you in. And you're right, I think that is one of the uh, uh but some of the best ones, Motown most of the music in Motown again it, it something it hasn't been seen in since you know the, you know the 60s um God there's so much great music that has accommodated over the years that I think that today's music is, is has a harder time comparing to some of the older music only for the fact that I think musicians back then uh, and artists were true musicians where they had to learn the instrument and learn the music where today it's a little bit more accessible for artists not to know, have to know everything and being able to do their craft without having the same, you know, having to have that classical training per se um, as they had. And I think that, uh, but it still didn't lose its, you know, appeal. Um, If you had to pick one artist that you could ever work with living or dead, you know, living or alive or living or dead, excuse me, screwed that one up quite,
2: quite a bit. Who would you pick? I'm probably Stevie. I think that you know he's he would be amazing to work with. Yeah, um, you know um, that list can go on forever. To be honest, because as you're talking, I, I think of so many, so many more. But I, I really do think is of, of like someone that I, I probably would be really, really kind of almost in awe, starstruck, being in the room. And it, it would probably be Stevie <laughs> to be honest. He's he
0: he was one of the best. Um... God, there's so many, I mean, that whole genre of that that music, it was it, it's still moving today. It it's timeless. Yeah. Um, it is one of the um musics I could say that could could stand completely stand the test of time. Um, you know, all they have to do is if in fifty years they could increase I don't know what in fifty years we're gonna have in peak since it's increased. Yeah. Cause listening to eighties music, I thought it was fast back then, but listening to it today, it's like you want to get out and push a little bit because it compared to today's music, it isn't as you know fast beating as it was. Um, you know, it's it's funny how music has trended that direction. It it seems to be a much faster, or harder beat compared to going backwards. But I don't know. I don't know where what 50 years is going to bring
2: us. <laughs> I don't even know what yeah, five in- years is going to bring us and you know there's an interesting thing too Tom that that you is that there's so many elements that have been done before, that's and are coming and, back. And, and, yeah, and it's and it's not like these songs sound exactly like this artist or this or that. But it's like, oh, like you could listen to something on the radio um, now and be like, oh, that's that's interesting. That I feel like I've heard that before. And you listen, it's like, oh, they're using like a moog or something. You know, some some something that that has has inspired them and and i and i think that would um and even genres you know you know uh, dance music a really good example you know house music today like the elements of house music are the same elements that were in the 70s 80s and you know 90s and and so it's like the basic elements but the songs are so different the the you know the production's different but they all have the, the the traditional things to them you know and i feel like um you know, you know, jazz is always like a really cool genre because you know, with jazz, the, the essence of jazz is you know, take it where you want to take it. You know, it, it goes where it goes, and and you know, I'm I'm improvising and I'm taking it where it's going to take it, and and you're going to follow me or you're not, and, but but this is what I'm doing, and um, but blues is a great genre because blues has the elements that are always blues. It's a twelve bar blues, like all these songs are twelve bar blues. But it's the emotion of the artist and, and the lyrics like you were talking about in that the emotion of like, you know, someone like a B.B. King ripping on the guitar that just like really get like you feel the pain, you know, Lucille is singing that pain on the, on the guitar, you know, that, um, that he's playing. And it's just, you know, I, I often that's, you know, going back to the AI thing it's like, that's just something that can never be recreated.
0: No, they, they can know? be mimicked. But it cannot yeah. come from that passion, mm-hmm. that energy, that mm-hmm. soul per se. I mean, I, exactly, it, and I and I agree. Without jazz, without the blues, we wouldn't have any music. True, truly. I mean, of course, if we didn't have classical, we wouldn't have any music. But blues, <laughs> blues and jazz really are the foundations of everything we have today. In most instances, and yeah, you're right, yeah. it, it, there's only so many notes that we can, that everyone can play with. And it's, it's tough. That's why all the music starting to sound more and more similar, because how many times can you re put so many different notes and so many melodies together before it starts sounding similar. And, and that's, I think, I be mean, another in 50 years, maybe the, the problem we have because if Everything's, you know, worry about what does it sound like than copyright and everyone's suing each other on those things. It is gonna become more and more difficult as more and more, as we were discussing before this, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of songs daily released digitally across the world.
2: Yeah. It's just that's a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of music. But at the same time, you know, the fact that it's existed for, you know, the existence of, of mankind and, and it, we're still coming up with new stuff is pretty cool. You know? It is. It's, it's Again, back to the creative side of humanity. Their brains think
0: differently. We hear something differently. Each person interprets something differently. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, last question. If you had any advice for anyone new coming into production, what would be your best advice for them?
2: learn as much as you possibly can, <laughs> you know, be be a sponge, you know, really be a sponge and, and be open. Like we talked earlier, just be open to, to new things. And also just, you know, be creative as possible Do, do screw up, mess up because then you learn more, you know, like, like really dive into it. Don't be, and don't be afraid if someone's going to like it or not, you yeah. know? Um, and I think that, that, you know that will come. You know the the details and, and all those things of what you know goes into making a hit record and and, and so forth will come because the, you know that's a long process of learning things. But if you don't start somewhere and you don't start learning as much as possible and really kind of you know uh, experimenting with different things, you you'll you'll sell yourself short. And I and I really think that that's that's what it comes down to is is if you really want to To get out there and, and um, have a unique, you know, all the artists that we love, whether they're producers or, or recording artists, they all have a very unique identity. And we know when we hear a Taylor Swift song, we know when we hear a Zed song, we know when we hear something that Quincy Jones has produced, you know, or, or whatever. Um, and that comes from trial and error. You know, that comes from really being expressive and in, in doing the things that, that are really truly you. And then, you know, you know, see those details and, and work with people who really understand those details to refine it and get it to to where it's gonna be, you know, awesome, so to speak. <laughs> yes, it's
0: always worked out well. And I'm sure the other thing you would say to artists is make sure you're prepared before you walk into <laughs> the studio. Do not write while you're in the studio. Make sure you have everything up to date. Cause I think that's one of the things I find we find um that happens at times that people end up at the studio because they think they want the inspiration there, but then they find it's more difficult to get things done if they don't have something prepared before they walk in. Um, That's one of the things I've discovered people have struggled with over the years. Um, I don't know how it is in LA, but
2: yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think, Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. And and there's, there's a lot. It depends. You know, if you're new, yeah, I would I would say bring in some be be prepared. Some people like Paul McCartney could probably walk into a studio oh, and just yeah. without anything without anything and just start writing. But um yeah. He's an icon. Yeah, I, yeah. But I think that yeah, I think there's definitely a lot, a lot to be said for that. And being open and don't don't come in so much with with a with a narrow-minded view of things because most likely, you're going to get your your socks knocked off of by someone who's in that room that just like shows you something that you've never even thought before, you know. Or, or always be, you know, be prepared for that because
0: there's always yeah. things will change. Never be stuck on something yeah. because everything can change. Exactly. So, all right. Well, this has been great You I've yes. having you, having you as a guest. It is always fun. We got to get together more often to talk. Um, I am going to get a round table. One point of a bunch of people in the industry together in one talk. So that should be a little bit more interesting. I would love to have you. Yeah, on. that'd be awesome. That'd yeah, be a lot of fun. absolutely. Um, some all different do. sections of the industry and talking about the industry. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and again, thank you for being on everyone. you know, follow, uh, Robert, on online, on social media, and definitely support all his projects. Uh, and he is, I can tell you this from personal experience, regardless of what it is that he puts out or is part of, no matter how big or small, he has the same enthusiasm on every one of them. <laughs> he really does. You have, really... You, have to love you have to love what you do. You know? Yes, you got to love what you do. Exactly. Got to love music.
1: So, again, thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Doug.